My name is Jenna. My name is Jenna Steber. That's right, everybody. That's my last name. Shit's puffing off. the second to last book, the penultimate book. Now, before we get much farther, this one was written by Kay Applegate. You may have heard of some of her other works, The Animorphs, uh, Everworld. Everworld. I, I, don't, I, I just thought it would be fun to pop in with one of my ghostwriter things, but, but for actually Kay Applegate. So this is book 53, as I said, the answer. All of the pieces to win the war are in place. The pool ship has taken up residence on the blast site of the underground pool. The Animorphs know they need to get in, and the Vizzer knows the Animorphs need to get in. Jake contacts the Earth leaders of the alien task force uh, and convince them to launch a ground attack against the ship once he starves out all of the Yerks from his command. Meanwhile, another pool is being dug, and on a mission to kill all the Taxons doing the digging, Jake meets an old warrior and an old friend. It's Arbron, the Taxon Nautilus from the Andalite Chronicles. He makes a bargain with Jake, give Taxons the morphing ability so they become Nautilus, free of their instinctual hunger. Jake also makes contacts with none other than Controller Tom, whose Yurk makes a deal to hand over vital pool ship security codes in exchange for the blade ship, which he and his followers will use to leave and conquer the world elsewhere. They know he'll double-cross them, but Jake has a plan— to coerce Eric into helping them break security under the threat that if he doesn't, Jake will execute a bunch of prisoners. The day of the attack, Rachel is assigned to watch Tom and take care of him if things go awry. The ground attack is deployed against a pool ship, and most if not all of the auxiliary animorphs are killed in the attack. Tom escapes with the blade ship, but circles back to attack the pool ship once he realizes the animorphs have disabled it. The book ends with Jake ordering Rachel to attack Tom. We don't know what happens after that, though. That's book 54, the ultimate ultimate. God, I can I can see in my mind the the exact geometry of the Taxon Chronicles and <laughs> and their story of of what happened to Arborn between the Andalite Chronicles and, and now. Uh, and it, it's it's God's perfect book that doesn't exist. Uh that's what fanfic is for, Brent. I would never do it justice. I don't know. Can you commission fanfic? You can commission fanfic. You could do that. Probably. I should see what uh, some of the ghostwriters are up to these days. That would be amazing, Brent. <laughs> that would be such a get. <laughs> um, so this book is dark in, I think, different ways than some of the other books have been dark. Mm, nothing but rough chuckles from here on out, y'all. Yep, the kind of juck chuckles you make when something makes you uncomfortable, and you don't know how to respond to it in any other way. <sighs> yeah. So Jake, how many war crimes does Jake commit in this book? They already sort of blew up the city, so from here on out, I'm it's just about sort of this book, Brent. I get it. Focus. I'm just saying, like they popped that cork. So from here on out, it's it's like it's just icing on the cake. Okay. They can't, 
it's it's additional life sentences on top of the one the Hague's already giving them, right? It's it's sure. not you can't you can't execute them for crimes against humanity more than once. So it it, it doesn't matter how many more crimes he committed here; they're already in it. Okay, fair enough. Then you give us an introduction to this book, Brent. Uh, you give what's your fucking lead into this book? Because that the, was mine. Jake, um, fucking burned their relationship with the chi to the ground yeah absolutely yeah he he pulls the the chi to help them and he knows they're not going to help him because what he's asking for is going to kill a lot of people and arik is like i can't do that buddy and you know that and jake's like i do know that i have a plan and it's to sort of block blackmail you with hostages so that you have to help yeah uh, for for every time that you don't help, someone else dies. And Eric's like, this is so beneath you. And Jake's like, maybe so, but it's happening. Yeah, Jake, I feel like, has the thing that we've said Marco has, that clear, bright line for what needs to happen. There's a moment in this book where he's like, it's all falling into place. I know exactly what I need to do. And it's all of the unbelievably worst shit possible. Yeah, he even uses the same phrase that Marco does. Uh, for for the clear bright line between point A and Z that will uh, accomplish their goals, and he just has to mortgage his soul for it. Yeah, and the things that are on that bright line are again the uh, burning the entire relationship with the chief forever. Because mm-hmm. they'll never forgive him for this. Oh, absolutely not, and they they should not. They no. should not. He found a way to play them. And he shouldn't have. It's very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, keep getting all. I think. I think all, if not all, then most of the auxiliary animorphs killed. If the little crosses next to their names on Cyropedia's page about the auxiliary animorphs uh. are to be believed, all of them. Because uh, they were with the ground forces. I don't think. Do we get confirmation that all of the ground forces are killed too, or were they just like lightly microwaved? The ground forces were definitely lightly microwaved. I was too wrapped up in what was happening on the ship to see if they had actually cut power to it before they murdered them. I think they did. Okay, I I don't think I don't think the book specifies, but they don't specific specifically say that that thousand or so ground troop soldiers were killed. So I think that's... I'm not going to put that on Jake's tally. He doesn't need it. (laughs) (laughs) Because he also... This isn't... Okay, this isn't even on his line. He vents 17,000 yurks in one mass. Flush them is the order. Yeah, even Axe hesitates before doing this. But Jake is like, if this... If there is a chance that this will help our plan succeed i'm gonna do it he he doesn't know that it will he's just saying maybe it will we've got to try it i picture him like tapping his head and going can't destroy earth to kill all the yurks if all the yurks are in orbit and that is kind of what it is he makes like an asteroid iceberg of seventeen thousand yurks blue ice full of yurks yes it's a real bad one uh, what other really horrible stuff does Jake do in this book? It's that scene uh, from Total Recall where Arnold's face is bulging up, except it's a yerk. I mean, except that it, it, he's not boiling, he's freezing. I mean, whatever. The yerks are freezing. It's it's the vacuum of space. I don't know how space works. 
Brent, I'm sick. I need you to stay on topic with me. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, what else does Jake do? Shit. So he promises the Taxons, who are very willing to believe him, that the Andalites will definitely give them morph capability so that they can become Nothlet pythons and establish the Amazon rainforest as a Taxon homeland where they can just chill in the sun and not be so starving all the time that they eat each other whenever they get wounded. Uh, knowing full well that the Andalites will not do that, and that the nations of Earth may have something to say about an alien <laughs> colony, and that I, I don't know that Jake knows this, but I know Cassie knows this. Actually, no, Jake definitely 100% knows this too, because he had a fucking Sanrio rip where he discovered it. There are definitely already humans living in the Amazon. <laughs> That is someone's homeland that you are just like, well, all right, I, I guess, I guess this is tax in Israel now. Yeah. And Cassie mentions low key, like, like Jake kind of calls her out on his like, it, did you choose this because you're trying to save the rainforest and by making it full of extremely intelligent pythons, it'll be harder to destroy. That was something that happened in this book that I didn't even make a note of because there was so fucking much else buck wild stuff happening. Mm, what other I war crimes did Jake commit, man? I mean, there are some other stuff that he does that are not over war crimes that are also pretty shitty. Yes. Uh, in fact, let's talk about that proposal, Brent. Oh my God, Because I didn't mention Jake, that in my buddy. summary, because how could I? I mean, even at 16... The the sort of gormless, well, uh, after the war, I guess we'll probably get married uh, in in the fucking decrepit reptile habitat at the ruins of the gardens, which after I get it. iced Cassie a bunch in meetings. Yeah. yeah yes. He's been very mean to her uh, the past couple books, which some of it arguably was deserved, but arguably was not. Like, yeah, it's, it's arguable. Kind of a mix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and he just, it just shows, it reminds me that no matter how dark he's gotten, this goober is still fucking Jake. That's such a Jake move. It is this sort of, I mean, I think it's, it's a moment of desperation where Jake is starting to see the end of the war and starting trying to imagine what life he can possibly have after. He really does not want to imagine that he is Rachel and can't live effectively Ooh. after the war is over. Yeah, he literally says that. He says that he doesn't want to be like Rachel, who like fell in love with the fight, is what he says. He wants to be able to recover after the war. And I think in his mind, the way to do that is to make a real go at a real relationship with Cassie. Cassie goes to college and becomes a veterinarian, probably. And Jake goes back to playing basketball, as he says, and they just go back to having a normal life. But as Cassie points out, that ain't that ain't gonna be how that goes. Yeah. No way. And you also you also ramped over a really important part. It's easy to do in this fucking book. Yeah, which is that they're fucking 16 years old. Yeah, yeah. It's been three years that they've been in this gorilla fight we discover, which, wow. It's so much. It's so much more than I thought. Yeah. I thought, like, maybe a year had passed. 
Right? It's, I mean, is that just because it's taken us roughly a, a little over a year to progress through this entire series in real time? That might be it. And, and also, like, they just don't ever mention it. They don't mention having birthdays or getting older or changing grades or anything like that. Well, I mean, by roughly halfway through the series, they wouldn't know what grade they're in because it's just the chi that yeah. are, that are yeah. going to school for them. But yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think you're probably right. It's just Jake. The 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 only thing that he can imagine is just like go back to normal and pretend this didn't happen, uh, which isn't gonna work, buddy. And Cassie yeah. knows it, and she's like, "Look, if a year after this is done, you still think that this is the way to go, propose then, uh, and yeah. we'll see." But like, I man. They still love each other, but as a very wise ER nurse in San Francisco once said to the person in the room next to me and Val, sometimes love just isn't enough, honey. Oh, God, I want to know the context for that, but we're doing a podcast right now. (laughs) It's especially true because, I mean, Jake sends Rachel off for a suicide mission in this book. Rachel doesn't seem to expect to come back. I think Tobias knows that Rachel's probably not coming back. I don't know if the rest... I mean, he doesn't tell the rest of them. Like, Cassie keeps asking, hey, where's Rachel? Hey, where's Rachel? Tobias, I don't think, knows exactly where Jake sent her until, it, like, the rest of them find out. Because he's not happy uh, that Jake sent Rachel to the blade ship. When he yeah. finds out. They're all pretty wicked pissed as well they should be. E- even if Rachel is okay with whatever happens. I guess my question is, do you think Rachel thinks she's going to die? Or do you think Rachel goes in thinking that she'll be able to find her way through the situation? That's an interesting question. Um, I think Rachel might be sort of relieved that she's n- not going to have an obvious way out of this. Say more about that. So, like, and and this is sort of I'm I'm pulling a lot from the the last book with her and David, where she's just absolutely devastated at the end at, at the things that she's had to do, uh, and I think she might on some level be relieved that she won't have to figure out how to live with herself and as a normal person once this is done. Hmm. That's a really interesting angle. I might be projecting a little. No, I like it. I actually want to pivot to something that I mentioned when we were talking about our notes, which is a couple of sentences that I think might be the thesis for this entire book series. Ooh, yeah. You didn't tell me what this was. It was so mysterious. Yes. So this is something that Axe says when he's defending the Andalites to the rest of the Animorphs. He says... You must understand that the Andalite High Command is not the entire Andalite electorate. This long war has made them a greater part of our civilization than they should rightly be. The Andalite electorate, the people, do not know what is planned. And I think what that really gets right is because we've said very similar things about the Yurks. Mm -hmm. In fact, we've said that exact thing about the Yurks, which is that the war part of this culture is not the entire part of this culture but it's the only part that the enemies get to see it's the only part that made it off planet 
Yeah, it's the only part that's sort of making its way into the universe and and making contact with these other cultures. And I think that's the same is true for the Yerks. And I think the same is true for the Animorphs and and all of humanity at this point. And I think the, the thing about this that's really interesting is that this phrase, this long war has made them a greater part of our civilization than they should rightly be. I feel like that is true on a very personal level for all the Animorphs in that they've all had to be warriors more than they or anybody should ever have to be. And that has changed them so that the wholeness of who they are is no longer really represented. It's just these sort of warrior high points that have to exist to get the job done. And I I think about that with Rachel because I think I'm going to be super disappointed if they kill Rachel off. I mean... Because... Yeah? No, go ahead. She is the one uh, of all the Animorphs that needs to learn to not be a warrior anymore. I think most of the other Animorphs, except maybe Jake after this book, (laughs) I think the rest of the Animorphs will be able to de-escalate and return to being the full humans that they are. And or red-tailed hawks, as the case may be. Or Andalites, as the case may be. But I think Rachel is the one that needs to be able to de-escalate. Because I think for the themes of these books to hit home, the theme being war changes the culture in such a way that it it hides and destroys the parts of the culture that are not war. For that to be true and for that theme to land home, I think Rachel has to survive so that she has the opportunity to recuperate. Because if all of these books have just been about this, like the, the theme has to close out with the understanding that a culture or a human can recuperate from war and that that process will be devastating and it shouldn't have to go through that because it, you should never have to have the war in the first place. But I think you have to have that coming around. Otherwise, this is just a story about never ending war. Like there has to be a recuperation. Do you know what I mean? I see what you're saying. Um, from a meta perspective, we we know an Animorph dies, and barring an oh, M. Night Shyamalan-style <laughs> twist, I, like, I don't see how it could be someone other than Rachel at this point. Brent, I forgot that we knew an Animorph died. Yeah, Elemis Chronicles, buddy. Yeah, 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 I forgot that. Uh, that'll be I'll be I'll be extremely disappointed if Rachel dies and I will talk that'll be what the next episode of this <laughs> podcast is if that happens you know I I see what you're saying uh I'm I'm gonna sort of make a counter not exactly an argument because you're not wrong uh but at the same time forever war is kind of reality at this point for us and a lot of other people and for us us as americans is that what you're y- saying yeah just yeah for for the world for earth um not even just us as americans just for the entire planet right now but also yes specifically for us as americans we've been in a war longer than we haven't uh, in my lifetime yep uh and i i think like having that moment where you do have the recuperation is maybe a little too optimistic an ending for my taste because I'm sort of the, the clerk's view where life is a series of down notes and that's why empire rules. 
Although, although Jedi was my favorite. I don't know what you're talking about, Brent. I'm sorry. It's, you know what? It doesn't matter. This isn't a Star Wars podcast. It's an Animorphs podcast. It, it certainly is. It's, it's not a View Askew Universe podcast either. So I, I think um, if Rachel doesn't die, it might be too up of an ending for me to feel like it fits the rest of the series. I guess my other point is that it's a very, the, the trope of the strong woman dying and not getting to sort of participate in the next stage of society is also a very common trope that I hate. Well, as long as we're on uh, tropes about female characters that you hate, let's talk about Cassie and Rachel and their role in the group. So this book really underlines, like Jake overtly says, like that he looks to Cassie to be his morality, which is shitty. And then to make it shittier, he is really angry at her for being his morality and holding him accountable for moral choices. So it's like he demands this position of her and then treats her like shit because he demands it of her. And that's so much how the group treats Rachel as well. Yes. It's really frustrating, Brent. Yeah, I guess the the sort of difference is that Cassie is the group's emotional labor machine and Rachel is the group's uh, distasteful violence machine. Yeah, and they both have those very specific roles, but they are both constantly harangued for fulfilling those roles. Yeah. And it's like, it, it would be i think different if the group were more active about haranguing acts for like being technologically advanced most of the haranguing comes from us yelling at acts yeah. for being like uppity about uh, uh andalite society and also but, having like, some really problematic views about people with disabilities yes the rest of the animorphs don't like they don't chide him for that even though they for real should well and nobody's really on marco's back about like being absolutely cold in his decision-making uh, or never taking anything seriously. He doesn't get that sort of, that same sort of constant needling that Rachel does. Yeah, and and that Cassie has gotten in the last couple books. Right, because everybody's really pissed at Cassie because she gave the, she let Tom take the morphine cube. And as it turns out, to sort of dovetail into Cassie's double fuck-up uh, here... As it is officially known, yes. Yes, as as that did win the poll. Slim margin, 46 to 54. Oh. Yeah, he almost pulled it out. But people like it when we go blue. <laughs> uh, anyway, to actually talk about it, as it turns out, Cassie uh, was probably correct to do what she did. Yeah, I mean, the, the especially with the Taxons. Yes, if she hadn't, they wouldn't have the Taxon forces. There's a whole thing with Tom where <laughs> he wouldn't have changed it to 15 minutes and been on the blade ship. And so I don't know. But but yeah, essentially, Cassie sort of won the war for them by exposing the by, by freeing this thing that the Andalites want to be proprietary. Yeah. At one point, Axe calls morphing the quote unquote crown jewel of Andalite technology, even though we know that they don't use it that much. Like, they don't morph all that much. No, they really don't. It's bizarre. It's so frustrating that Axe is like, how dare you give away our sacred technology that we do not use <laughs> for it? Like, uh, Axe. <laughs> how about? 
about how about how about the how about them taxing? Uh, how about how about there's an there I did not think the Texans could get more upsetting. Right? But this added the fact that they are conscious enough and hate the fact that they're driven to cannibalism by uh, their uncontrollable hunger. The fact that they know that and are so desperate to escape it that they will become another body. That's all an extra layer of really distressing. Just when you thought that Kay Applegate couldn't find another novel and surprising way to combine body horror and food horror, <sighs> she pulls this one out and boom, there it is in your face. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's extra grim. I mean, do you think that the Taxons have sort of evolved more independence uh, in their thought since the destruction of the last living hive? I I kind of wonder that. I also wonder how much control Arbron has over his his people, uh, which is, and he does describe them as his people in this book, which I thought was interesting. But he's uh, lived as a Taxon for... Decades. A, yeah. A, a, at least as long as he was an Andalite. Yeah. Longer, probably. Yeah, and he he's like, I know I won't be able to get a new morph because I'm a Nothlet. I just want to see my people off and then I guess die or something. Which He knows that he's not part of this bargain. Which does carry perhaps some uncomfortable subtext about the... There's a little bit of white savior stuff going on there where the, the taxons... Every single time. Yeah, yeah, the taxons were not able to pull themselves out of this. It had to be someone who adopts the taxon culture... Uh, but, but that's, I think, beyond the scope of my expertise to discuss. Yeah, it, that's sort of been low-key, I think, because it's the same thing as the auxiliary animorphs mm-hmm. having all of their leaders be people who were, like, changed by the morphing ability. And it's like, okay, <laughs> that's not great, y'all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's showing its era at this point. Yeah, it's sort of a, a low-key, bad, reoccurring things in these books. Yeah, which I'm sure that Kay Applegate did not intend. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. It's it's unfortunate in retrospect. I'm just happy Arbron's around. I know, man. I was so fucking excited to see Arbron God, come back. That is so... What a buck wild moment what a great moment to spend all of these books building to oh my god chekhov's <sighs> tax and Nothlet. fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh. oh my goodness uh what else brent so there's a quote a pull quote in here where rachel i think really has the andalite high command's number uh like she has them pegged because they're talking about how Jake promised the the Taxons that they'll be able to acquire pythons and uh, sick, sick pythons and uh, become Nothlets. And Marco's like, yeah, the, the Andalite High Command's not going to like that. And Rachel says, the Andalite High Command can drop dead. What could have they ever been to us? Where are they, huh? We've always been their last priority. They've done squat for us. And it's like, yeah. That's 100% correct. Yeah. Rachel was in top fucking form this book. Because later on, or I guess 
or earlier when it's revealed that Axe has been talking to the Andalites behind their back, <laughs> Rachel just yells, I'll kill you myself. Which is perfect. It is perfect so and beautiful good. in every way. Oh, so fucking good. Yeah, and Jake's like, I might I might just let her, because goddamn, Axe. Goddamn. <sighs> ah. I mean, they're not gonna at this at the rate at the rate they're going, they won't need the Andalites to do any good or dirty work for them. Cause Jake is just doing all the dirty work. Yes. Yes. They are not dirt cheap, but they're getting done. So it's sort of a moot point, uh, since they're all fucking dead now. But do you think that the hospital that the auxiliary animorphs live in is still standing? Because James, he sort of, he swoops in for these war councils and then goes back like he's still maintaining cover, which sort of implies, since all of them weren't in the Hork-Bajir Valley at the beginning, that it's still standing and they're still all living there pretending to not have morphine. Uh, what's what's going on with the auxiliary animorphs other than being dead now? Yeah, this is a moot question. <laughs> uh... I was real curious about it until... Uh, towards the end of the book and then i was like well i guess i'll never know and it doesn't matter yeah yeah i guess i kind of assumed at a certain point that they had given up on the facade um if partially because the hospital's probably destroyed even if i mean it's most not. of the city destroyed even half of the mall is destroyed so you know shit's serious <laughs> even if the hospital if the hospital isn't especially if the hospital isn't destroyed you know that like victims of the bombing of the city are packed in every possible place that they can be in that yeah. building. So there's not really any low profile to keep. Yeah. On the other hand, I doubt the Hork-Bajir Valley, Hork Valley is particularly accessible. Oh, it's not ADA compliant. For yeah, sure. So I like even even if they don't need to keep their cover anymore, I'm going to assume most of them probably wouldn't want to hang out in the Hork-Bajir Valley. I guess that's fair. I guess that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Um, I I want to talk about the auxiliary animorphs for a little bit. Sure. Uh, just because as, as these books have progressed, and especially at the end of this books where they just sort of get picked off one by one, and Jake watches, and it's all about Jake's pain and suffering, it kind of reminded me of the last season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we had all of those like newly awakened slayers, coming to Sunnydale and they some of them got names and some of them got speaking lines and Kennedy was a real character but for the most part it was just a bunch of new bodies that we never really got to get attached to yeah and don't expect for them to get much more characterization in the uh, season X comics afterwards because those go downhill extremely quickly. So it it just sort of reminded me of that. It was a little frustrating. Like it 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 felt like they were there to sort of fill out the ranks, and each book found a use for them on a mission, but they didn't really get to gauge even as much as like the parents did. So I feel like the parents have have gotten to be developed to a certain extent. Naomi, certainly, for well, better or for worse. I mean, shit. Na Naomi uh, has a moment at the beginning of this where she actually is bitching about how her tax dollars are being spent. <laughs> <laughs> Which, all right, that's, that uh, is definitely characterization. <laughs> I, d I definitely know parents 
who would that is the response to this situation would be that and <sighs> naomi god fucking naomi so good boy but it just it just seems it just feels like a waste it just feels like a shame that because especially in the book that they were introduced like there were uh, auxiliary animorphs that got characterization but outside of james a kind of appearing once in a while but not really getting any development we didn't get them that was disappointing to me yeah we james swoops in to save their asses a few times and sort of is in the background but basically none of the people who got characterization in the the book where they were established get any leadership roles and we never really see them again uh outside of morph where they're non-talking roles yeah like we didn't see timmy again right um we didn't we didn't save colette no she was sir not appearing in this book so that was a little disappointing yeah and now they're dead it was not gonna be a great success to introduce like an entire new ensemble cast that late in the series and like yeah. hope that they actually are fleshed out as much, but they were kind of criminally underused for the books that were there, which I get because at that point they basically were down to the last book from each individual Animorphs point of view. So they kind of like introduced them and were like, oops, guess we're not doing anything with that plot element because we have this other <laughs> thing that we got to get done before the series is over. Yeah, that's true. The pacing, uh, the, the pacing of this whole series is so bad. Which is kind of like the last season of Angel, where they had like the <sighs> cyborg ninjas or whatever that showed up in the first half of the last season. And then they just sort of dropped those to do a whole story about uh, the apocalypse being launched by whatever. Um, so, yeah, we got yeah. a lot of a lot of Joss Whedon references in this episode, I guess. Yeah, sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. They're they're classic yeah. television. I like the part towards the end where Vizzer is in total denial about having been thoroughly beaten by the Animorphs. He's like, no, Tom orchestrated all of this. Yeah. My, the, the protege that I reared up from the Yerk pool was the traitor, and he's the one that arranged all of this. I wasn't beaten by the Animorphs. Y'all suck. Yeah. Never by you. Never by yeah. a human. It, uh. it took a Yerk's cunning and treachery to destroy me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so petty it's such a good petty last moment for visitor visitor oh, one i know i know at the same time like while he's saying this he's staring at the frozen lifeless corpses of like what was it seventeen thousand? like yeah over seventeen thousand. yeah uh, of basically his entire species in this sector of the galaxy uh do you have any predictions for the final book that you want to get out of the way fuck <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that i do but I'm i don't curious. know man this one was so buck wild like okay God, yeah. my prediction for the final book rachel dies mm. that's that's my prediction rachel dies uh so in addition to burning his relationship with the chi to the ground uh in a, a place where it will never recover jake has also done that with his aunt naomi and uh probably his cousins jordan and sarah and tobias and oh, yeah. i don't oh, think yeah. cassie's gonna get over this real quick in this one they basically won right they beat the yurks the yurks are not a going concern any longer 
the last book is going to be about them having to beat the Andalites. <gasps> that's such a fucking good guess. God, I hope that's true, Brent. Yeah, because the Andalites are not going to give a shit that they just genocided the Yurks. They're still going to view Earth as a quarantine zone that needs to be eradicated. Uh, nuke them from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Yeah, that's really good. I hope that is the case. Hmm. I think they're going to kill the Vizzer in Yurk Forum. I think they're going to damage his body so badly he crawls out and they, they stomp him in a moment of catharsis. I do think we'll also get a moment with Aloran before he dies so that he would get catharsis there. I hope the moment with Aloran is him being really angry at them for not fucking killing him like 30 books ago oh when they God. had the chance and he begged them to. And right? now look what happened, you dummies. Yeah, and that was two years ago. So they they made him yeah. be a, a your host against his desires and explicit will for two years. Yeah, and then they're going to end up killing him anyway. So like, what the fuck, guys? What the fuck? Yeah, I do not see Aloran surviving this series. I really want Aloran to just be pissed at them in his final moments and really tell mm -hmm. them off. I hope so, too. Um, I, think, I think you're probably right that Rachel's going to die, but... I'm not going to bet that because I want us to have some some tension and some drama. Sure. So I'm going to I'm going to say that Rachel makes a heroic triumphant escape from the blade ship, but that she does kill Tom. And I think the Animorph that dies will be 